Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O Lord God, we thank you so much for this day that you have made, O Lord, for we shall rejoice and be also glad in it, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I don't have eloquent speech, O Lord God, or fancy words, O Lord. I, I simply say, Heavenly Father God, I pray that Holy Spirit will reach out and touch and speak to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, you know what's going on in all of our lives during these times, O Lord God, and you know the needs, you know the desires, you know the aspirations, O Lord God. So I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, in your own special way, just speak to them, O Lord God. Lift up their spirits. Let them know that you are Lord God, Jehovah, and that nothing, absolutely nothing is too hard for you, O Lord God. Again, O Lord God, God, I don't have eloquent words or fancy speech, O Lord God. I just pray that you speak to them and touch them, O Lord God, that in their lives you may be glorified and lifted up. This I say unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1. We have Pastor Mike here. We're going to um, to look at faith today, uh, which, of course, is a very important part of, of, of the Christian's life. It's a very critical part of life. Uh, we're going to look a little bit about Hebrews 11 and some other scriptures there. But in Hebrews 11, we learned that faith from the Old Testament heroes was really something that was, was lifted up in, in Hebrews 11. One crucial detail that stands out in Hebrews 11 uh, in, and in their lives is that they place their whole confidence in God, which is something that we sometimes struggle to do. They place their whole confidence in God and trusting themselves into his hands. The actions and accomplishments of these men and women proved that faith pleases God, that faith pleases God, and he rewards those who seek him. Quote, he rewards those who earnestly seek him, Hebrews 11.6. The book of Hebrews points out two critical, two critical convictions of believers. First of all, there's anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, Okay. At the very, very core, the crux of your faith there is that you have to believe that he exists, okay? We can't be believing in a theoretical God. We can't believe thinking that, you know, he is the force. May the force be with you like something out of Star Wars. You have to believe that he is indeed God. He's the creator of the universe. He's your creator and that he really, really exists. Those who desire to draw near to God must have a deep-rooted belief that God is indeed real. You believe that God is indeed real. You believe that he's observing you now, that he's watching you now, that he's listening to your heart, or he's watching your, your, your actions and your thoughts. Do you believe that God is indeed real? Such belief is not mere intellectual knowledge. That's what we have to understand. It's not mere intellectual knowledge, but it's a wholehearted devotion to his presence and participation in every part of your life. This is very, very important. Without a genuine conviction that God exists, it is impossible to have an intimate relationship with him. Okay. How can you have an intimate relationship with someone that you don't believe exists? How can you love your wife or love your husband or love your children, your mom and your dad, if you didn't believe that they, they're real, that they exist? All right. Secondly, the Lord's followers must believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 
Okay, earnestly seeking. Now, I don't mean just, you know, a, a passing fancy, you know, uh, you know, every now and then you pray to him, every now and then you think about him, you know, but those who, 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 who earnestly seek him, that's who God, God rewards. We have to remember that the Lord's followers must believe that he rewards those who earnestly, diligently seek him. This aspect of faith trusts in the character of God is, is a good, loving, generous, gracious, and merciful father. These two certainties I mentioned above are the groundwork of saving faith, a faith that pleases God. And today we're going to talk about how we don't, if we don't have faith, then we cannot be pleasing to God. We cannot please God. We have to have faith in order to please him. This aspect of faith trusts in God's character, knowing that he is a loving, loving father. With that, why don't we go to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. And while you're going there, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause and go and get your Bible, a pencil, a pen, a marker or something, maybe a piece of paper, a notepad or something, take some notes, mark up your Bible, because the things that you hear here today, the things that you mark up in your Bible, Holy Spirit can bring back to you at some other time when you really, really need it the most. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter two, verse number one. As for you. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's referring to the devil, the spirit who is now at work in those who are, are disobedient. OK, the spirit, the spirit of the air is referring to Satan in, in the Bible here, you know, is now at work in those who are disobedient. And this is why we see some of the problems that we have out there today going on in our country and in the world, for that matter, you know, as a whole. Those that are disobedient, they're being driven and guided by the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Verse four. But because his great love for us, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Underline that, please. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the, the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace, again, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of, of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Okay. If you're able to give your own self grace, and, and bring yourself into salvation and to save yourself, then we as human beings, we'd be boasting about what we did to save ourselves, to save ourselves from, 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 from the, the, the pit of hell. We'd be boasting about it, okay? But God is saying it. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Now, you have to have that faith to understand that you've even been saved by grace. You've got to have faith. Faith even starts with that. Grace isn't something that you can necessarily see, touch, feel. You can't hang it on a, on, a, on a wall someplace. You can't put it in your closet. But by faith, you have to remember, through your faith, that it is by grace, according to God's word, that you've been saved. That means that if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then it means that you have salvation. Okay? Okay? You will spend eternity with the Lord in heaven if you've come to Lord Jesus Christ and recognize him, accepting him, called him into your life as your Lord and Savior. For it is by grace... It is by, by grace, verse 8, you've been saved through faith. 
And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance, in advance for us to do. Okay. Now those are powerful statements there. And I want you to hold on to those words there because in his infinite goodness, God provides the very thing that we need to draw near him. It says, therefore, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast about it. God gives us uh, the faith required to please him. God gives us that faith to please him. Okay, the grace that the scripture is talking about here is referring to the salvation that God gave us. Grace means he gave us salvation when we didn't deserve to have salvation. Okay, okay, we didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. God simply gave it, gave it to us. Okay, gave, gave grace to us. You know, it's kind of like if you have a bill, you know, and it's due, say, on the 10th of the month. You know, sometimes, you know, the bank or the lender, whoever, whoever owns the credit card will say, you had, we gave you five days, days grace. It's called a grace period. Okay. You got that grace not by anything that you did. Okay. The bank is simply saying, here, we're going to give it to you. Okay. Well, the grace that God gave us, there isn't anything that we did. We didn't deserve to have that grace. God loves us so much that he simply said through by grace, by my love for them, by my caring for them, by grace, I'm going to set up the way that they can be saved. And of course, that's through Jesus Christ. The grace that is referred to here, the grace that's being talked about here is referring to the salvation. And it is not intended to mean that we can just go on sinning because we're under grace. Okay, there's this whole grace doctrine that's out there. Maybe you've heard it before, you you know, and that is not what the word of God is saying. Okay, the grace that God is talking about here is that is that 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 by grace you are saved. Okay, through his grace, nothing that you could do of his free will, of his love for you. He gave you this grace and and opened the door for you to have salvation. There's a way for you. Okay, if if grace was just something that just covered us, you know, covered us. And that that means that every time you sin, you don't have to you don't have to worry about it because you. You know, you're saved by grace. You're under, you're under grace, which is how that doctrine goes. You're under, this is a period of grace now, so you don't have to worry about that. Then the Bible wouldn't be talking about staying away from sin so much. Okay, if you're under grace, which was a blanket covering for, for, for sin, then it means that, you know, you can just go on just doing whatever you want to do and you don't have to adhere to, the, to God's word. You know, at the God's commands, the Lord Jesus commands. Okay. Okay. So the grace here is talking about that, that, that about through grace that we were saved. It's not talking about just a covering for blanket sin. It does not give us license to just go about and freely sin. Okay. Now, if we do sin, of course, and of course with John or one John one nine, if we do sin, we come to God and we confess that sin and we repent, honestly repent of that sin. Repent means that you turn the other way. You turn around 180 degrees and you start walking and living life. It's totally different. You don't go back into that sin. Then of course, God is, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Okay. Okay. But grace does not mean that you can just go on sinning, 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 knowing that you're sinning. Okay. That's the difference. That's the difference. Okay. Okay. Sinning because through, you know, inadvertently, whatever reason you wound up sinning, you run to the Lord and you confess it. He's faithful to forgive according to the Bible. But this grace does not cover us just, just having, having, you know, having, having license to just go about and do anything that we please. Oh, I know God's going to forgive me because I'm under grace. I can go sin because it's under grace. I can fornicate. I can do this. I can do that, you know, because I'm under grace. No, that's not what this is talking about here. Okay. So don't get confused with that's what that's concerned. Okay. We do not have free license to sin. Amen. Amen. Then moving on forward now, if we go to Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, thank you, Jesus. Hebrews verse 11, and we want to start with verse number one. 
Hebrews 11, verse number one. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Okay, and read that again. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made of what is visible. God created things from, from nothing. Okay. When man creates something, he takes something and he creates it from some other material. Okay. You, 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 you take a vase, you know, you create a vase, you sculpt a vase that's from clay that you sculpted that vase. God created everything that is around us, everything in this universe out of nothing, out of nothing. Okay. Not like man does. In order for you to make something, you have to have some material, some basic material to start with. God created this from nothing. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God, as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Please underline that in your Bible. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, underline that also, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, verse seven, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. This is by faith. Has God called you to go someplace or to do something and you're not sure where it's leading? But by faith, do you respond and, and, and are you obedient to God's calling or to what God is calling you to do? Okay. Okay. Without seeing evidence or, why, or without even knowing, you know, and if that hasn't happened to you, Saint, I say to you right now, you, you know, hey, boy, you know, buckle your seatbelt, because if you are earnestly, earnestly, wholeheartedly, diligently seeking God, God may have a word for you. God may have a plan for you. God may have a task for you to do. And he may not give you all of the details, but you will know that you know that you know that you know that this is something that God wants you to do and that you have to, in faith, without knowing the details, you have to, in faith, just go forth and do what God is calling you to do step by step. Amen. Step by step. Okay. Without faith, you cannot please God. So if we want to please God, we have to make sure that we're living our lives and the actions that we have in our lives by faith, by faith. Okay. Uh, verse number, number nine, by faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. And he lived in tents, as did Jake, Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Okay. Okay. Looking forward, looking forward, looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Okay. This is something that we have to look forward to. Okay. Okay. The city who, 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 where the foundation is built by God. This is where, this is what is really important. It is something for us to be looking forward to. Amen. 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 So we see that, that faith indeed, faith indeed, and you acting on that faith plays a very, very important role 
confidence is the translation that what it says in confidence. Confidence is the translation of a Greek word that means foundation. Faith is the foundation that supports or strengthens or strengthens our hope. Okay. Amen. Faith is the foundation that supports or strengthens our hope. It is not a blind grasping in the dark. Faith is not a blind grasping in the dark, but it's an absolute conviction that comes from experiencing God's love and the faithfulness of his word. Okay, And I'm sure many of us, most of us, all of us, I'll, I'll venture to even say, has experienced God's love and has seen him move in our lives. Okay, so if God has been moving in your life, has moved in your life before, and you've seen miraculous things happen, you've seen God bail you out of all sorts of situations, then that alone should give you the faith that you have, that the faith, the faith that, 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 that pleases God, because you know that you know that you know that whatever it is that you have to do, if you're consulting God and if God is guiding you, then that faith is telling you that everything will be okay. Amen, amen, amen. Without faith, we cannot please God. All right. So we have to make sure. Okay. The term translated assurance there is also translated as evidence or proof. We cannot see the realities of God's kingdom with our natural eyes, but by faith we receive evidence of proof that they exist. All right. Okay. We can't see these things with our eyes. We can't see the realities of God's kingdom, God's kingdom with our natural eyes, but it's by faith that we receive the evidence or proof that they exist. Okay. All right. You can't see the outcome of your life. Five days from now, you can't see the outcome of your life five minutes from now, for that matter. Okay, so there's some level of faith that takes you from minute to minute, from day to day, knowing that God is with you, knowing that God is going to take you to where he wants you to be. Okay, you can't see those things with your natural eyes, but we have to have that faith knowing that God is there, that God has made promises to us and that he keeps his word and he keeps his promises. Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In fact, we cannot even begin to approach the Lord and experience a personal relationship him without faith. How can you have a real personal relationship with God if you don't have faith? If you don't have faith, why, 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 why bother? If you don't have faith, why are you even going to God? Is it just an exercise to you? You know, it's just an exercise where you're going, you're kind of going through the motions. Okay, Lord, yeah, yeah, that, that. But if you don't have faith as to the outcome, then why are you going to him? Okay? All right. If you're going to God, it must be because you have a need. So why go to God without, with a need, without any kind of expectation that he's going to answer that need? That he's going to fill that need. All right? And, and why go with any kind of without any kind of expectation that even though I don't see what God is going to do for fulfill my need, I can't see it. I can't reason it out with my mind. I can't calculate it out. You can't see the solution. Your faith tells you that God will do it. Your faith, God, your faith t- tells you that God will bring me through. Your faith tells you that God is on the case. Your faith tells you that I will be okay because God has my back, because God is leading me. Nothing that you can see, touch, feel, or smell. But it's just that you know that you know that you know that God is real. You know that God is here with you. You know that God is, is, is talking to your spirit now, perhaps. Okay. That Holy Spirit is perhaps ministering to you right now. And it is by faith that you're receiving this, knowing indeed that it's God. Faith is the atmosphere, if you will. Atmosphere is the environment in which the believer's life is lived. We live in a faith environment. Everything around us should be dealing with faith, especially for things that you're hoping for, that you're dreaming for, where you have problems going on. Okay, you need to make sure that you are in an atmosphere of faith where you are believing 
that God is there and that God is indeed there for you. We are called believers because of the fact that we are continually putting our faith, our trust, and our confidence in God. That's why we're called believers. Oh, so-and-so is a believer. So-and-so is a believer. Okay. Now, of course, also this is referring to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but you have to be a believer that that is indeed true too. Okay. And you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you invite him into your life. Lord, I've just messed it up so much. I, I need I need some help. Lord, I can't do this myself. I've tried and so forth. But Lord, just come into my life. Now, you don't see Lord Jesus there in front of you. You don't feel him coming into your heart. You don't feel him at that particular point. But in, in, by faith, you have to understand because the word of God says if you confess him as Lord and you believe in your heart that he is the son of God and that he died for your sins and you confess him as Lord, you ask him into your life, that that's exactly what happens. So by faith, again, nothing that you can see, touch or smell, then you can see, touch or smell, but simply by faith, because this is what God the Father said. This is what the word of God says. So by faith. So we have to make sure that we're living in an atmosphere of faith. By faith, the Christian life begins and by faith, it perseveres until the end. Okay. By faith, the Christian life begins and by faith, we persevere until the end. Okay. Again, by faith is because we ask Jesus into our lives. That's where your Christian life begins. The word Christian, as you know, probably was was coined by the Apostle Paul at Antioch, meaning a follower of Christ. Amen. So by faith, when you ask him into your life, then you are a believer. You believe that Jesus is who he says he is. The entire Christian life is lived out by faith. The righteousness, well, the righteous, sorry, the righteous will live by faith. Romans 1.17. You have to turn there now. Okay. The righteous live by faith. Scripture refers explicitly to Enoch's life as pleasing to God. For he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God, according to the word of God. Okay? And with that, why don't we go to Genesis 5, 18. Genesis 5, 18. Genesis 5, 18. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Uh, After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Okay, underline that part there where it says Enoch walked faithfully with God. Okay. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully in with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more, no more because God took him away. He's underlined verse 24. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. When Methuselah was, uh, when, when Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. After he became the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and other sons and daughters. We just want to stop there. And let me go back to 24 because that's the key verse. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. All right. How did Enoch please God? Through living by faith. That's how he pleased God, through living by faith. Enoch walked by faith in God, the word says. He obeyed the word that had been revealed up to that point and lived in the light of its truth. 
Walking by faith means consistently living according to God's word. Okay. Now, there's not a whole not a whole lot of explanation that beyond what the Bible says about Enoch being taken away. But all we know from the word of God is that he pleased God. God was very much pleased with him because of the fact that he was faithful. And that's what we have to make sure that we are doing. OK, now we never know if, if God's going to take any of us away uh, miraculously the way he was kind of kind of raptured away. But we still need to lead our lives with, with, with tremendous faith in God, because this is the way that we please him. OK, you've got something going on in your life and, and and you've prayed to the Lord and you've asked him to intervene. You've asked him for his help. You've asked him for some direction or whatever it may be or whatever you're wrestling with, be it financial issues, be it a, 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 a infirmity, a sickness, a disease, whether it be a family man, a relationship matter, something ha- something happening at work, something something happening at school. And you've been praying about it. Then you've got to have faith in God that he's going to answer that prayer. Okay. Without that faith, you can't, you can't please him. Simple as that. Okay. Enoch pleased God. All right. And we have to make sure that we're doing, doing likewise. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commands. Without faith, it is impossible to believe God's word and obey it. How can you keep God's commands if you don't have faith in his word? Okay. All right. How can you keep his commands? You know, there's a whole list of Ten Commandments. There's a whole lot of other commands and statements made throughout Scripture. And how can you be obedient to those things if you don't if you don't believe His Word and you don't have faith in God? How can you do something and you don't believe it's true, especially something that is really dealing and important with your life? You've got to be able to have that faith. Okay, okay. We look at more by going to Romans eight five. Romans eight five. Romans 8, 5, okay? And it says there, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires, okay? So if you're living behind the, living uh, uh, according to the flesh, which is the world, you know, worldly things, worldly beliefs and so on like that. If you're going along along with Johnny next door or you're doing as the Joneses do and things like that and they're not Christians, they're not children of God, they're unsaved, they're unbelievers and so forth, and you're doing as the world is doing and doing, and they have their minds set on the fleshly desires. The world's, the world's system, you know, you know the scripture that says, uh, 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 the root of all evil, evil is money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that money is evil, but it's the love of money. So much of the world system today is based around money. So there's a lot of cheating going on. There's a lot of lying going on. Okay. Okay. This is how, this is how, how people that are, are in the world, that's how they so-called get ahead. You know, they, they don't mind cheating. They don't mind lying. They don't mind stretching the, to, the truth. They don't mind being devious. Okay. This is the way the world lives. But we as Christians don't live that way because we don't have our minds set on fleshly desires. Such a desire that, you know, maybe, gee whiz, you know, the guy next door has, has, has two houses, three houses. You know, I want to have a house on every single continent because that's what is, is important to me. He's got a nice fancy car, two or three nice fancy cars. I want to have two or three fancy cars. And then you wind up doing anything, anything and everything to get to that goal, to have two or three cars, to have multiple homes. And that could involve lying, cheating, stealing, you know, and, and just stretching the truth. This is, this is flesh. These are fleshly desires. This is living the way the world knows. 
world lives, okay? And we don't live that way. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds, is what they think about all the time, set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires, okay? So we have our minds as Christians, as believers, as children of God. We have our minds set on what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. This is what we focus on. Okay. It's not always for us, us. It's not always easy for us to discern what Holy Spirit is telling us. But like I told you in one of the past messages there is that there's that inward witness that goes on. There's that inward witness. There's that, that tight, intimate relationship between the Holy Spirit of God and your spirit. So there'll be that inward witness that is going on inside of you that is telling you what to do, that is telling you, you, you how to wait, telling you when to move, you know, you know, you know, uh, 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 dictating your actions and so forth. This is how we live who are children of God. Okay, a quote, who live according with the spirit, have their minds set on what the spirit desires. We don't worry about what man desires. We think about what the spirit of God desires. Verse number six, the mind governed by the flesh is death. See, the mind governed by the flesh is death. So that means the mind that is, is governed by, is driven by fleshly desires is certainly death. Okay. Okay. Now it's mainly basically you're talking about spiritual death, which is separation from God, but it can certainly lead to physical death because we're not listening to God. We're not following Holy Spirit. So we don't even know when we're getting into a dangerous situation. All right. Okay. So, so the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit of life is life and peace. Okay. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. All right. So if we're, if we're letting our minds be governed by Holy Spirit, that means that we have life. Life is constant communication with God. It's living in this faith environment that I was talking about, which leads to you having, having life and having peace in your, in your heart. Okay. Now that does not mean that you will never have a trial. It does not mean that you'll never have a tribulation. Yes, indeed. Jesus said you will have tribulations, but, but the way we differ from those that are in the world and those that do not know the Lord and whatnot is that we don't, don't, don't seek answers by looking after, after worldly, worldly solutions. Okay. Right away we shift. We have a trial of tribulation. Right away we shift to the spirit. Okay. Lord, what would you have me do? Holy Spirit, guide me in what decision that I should make and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Okay. And because you do that, then the burden is taken off you. You ever try praying to the Lord when you've got a particular trial that's going on and it's really a burden? You literally feel weighed down and you're tired. You don't have any energy. And then you do go to the Lord and you get in some deep prayer, you know. Maybe you put on some worship music in the background, which I oftentimes do. Have some worship music playing there and just get into prayer and shut out the outside world and let him minister to you. And when he does indeed speak to you, you feel this weight lift off of your shoulders. You feel this weight lift off of your shoulders and then a peace descends upon you. A peace descends upon you because you know that God is on the case, that God is on the program, and that you're trusting him and you're living by faith. You may not see the answers to whatever that burden was that's on your shoulders. You may not see the answer. You may not know what it is, but it's just a peace knowing that God is in charge and that God has you. This is, this is faith. This is the kind of faith that pleases God. Okay? If you're carrying that burden and, and, and you're praying and you're still not releasing it to him, that means that you're not trusting him enough. You're not having enough faith in him to know that he will indeed uh, uh, take you out of the situation that you're in. Okay. And that is not pleasing to God. So we have to go to him and we have to have actions. We have to have actions knowing that God in, indeed will take care of us. Okay. You have to have that faith that pleases God. You know, you know what the word of God says that, that, that uh, faith without works is dead. Okay. Faith without works is dead. So that means if you've got this faith in God, then that means that, that your actions, your actions, your actions have to bear out that faith. Okay. Your actions have to bear out that faith. 
Okay. Now I'm not talking about works. Okay. I'm saying that if, if you have faith in God for a particular thing and God is telling you to take a particular action, then your faith has you actually doing that action. That's the work that is involved. Okay. You are doing in faith. You're, you're, you're acting out in faith by what, uh, or based on what God has told you about your particular situation. Amen. Amen. So, and, and it goes on to continue here. Um, uh, where are we? Verse number seven. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God law, God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Underline that. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Okay. So we do not want to be living in the realm of the flesh because that is displeasing to God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. Let me read that again and really get this in your spirit. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. So if the spirit of God lives in you, that means that we are living in, in the realm of the spirit. Okay. We're not just, you know, you've heard me say before that we have our foot and our feet in two worlds, if you will. You know, you know, one foot is in, is in the physical world, the three dimensional world you know, that we navigate through uh, with our physical bodies. The other foot, however, is in the spirit realm. This is, the, this is where our spirit is residing. This is, this is where we communicate with God's Holy Spirit, okay? And this is the realm that we need to be living in, even while we are living in this physical realm. Okay, because we don't want the physical realm, what's happening in the physical realm, the things of the world, the ways of the world. We don't want that dictating and guiding our lives. We want the God's spirit realm. We want Holy Spirit to govern and to guide our lives. Amen. Amen. So it so says, yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, but if Christ is in you, uh, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. I'm sorry, verse number nine, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Okay. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, then they do not belong to Christ. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And and if the spirit and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised uh, Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Okay. Because his spirit who lives in you. Oh, boy, there are some powerful words there. Scripture says that it's impossible to please God through the works of the flesh. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We can't earn God's approval. We cannot earn, earn God's approval uh, through good works, through the things that we do. You know, many people say, oh, well, you know, I, God loves me. I'm going to heaven and everything. I'm a good person. I do good things, you know. And, you know, I, I, I give a whole lot of money to church. I give a whole lot of money to charity. Um, I volunteer in the so-and-so. I do this and I do that. These are works. These are works. But where is your heart? Where is your spirit? Have you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? Do you believe that he is the son of the living God? Are you indeed exercising faith? in your life by trusting God. Okay. These are the kinds of things that we as believers do in our lives. Okay. Works. We cannot be, be thinking just because we're doing good things, we're doing good things that we are living the kind of life that God, God wants us to live or that we have God's approval. We cannot earn God's approval through simply doing good works. Only based on what Jesus Christ has done for us can we become holy and able and, and able to live a life that is pleasing to God. That's according to 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Okay, all right, simple as simple as that. Only based on what Jesus Christ has done for us can we become holy and able to live a life that is pleasing to God. The Bible speaks of the champions of the Old Testament like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, 
uh, Joseph, Rahab, Gideon, and David, they all lived by faith. Wonderful, wonderful scriptures written, written around them. As they looked toward their future hope, they relied on God to fulfill his promises. That's in Hebrews 11, verse 13 to, 13 to 16. As they looked forward to their future hope, they relied on God to fulfill his promises. Amen. They obeyed God's word even when they did not understand it. That's critical. Every single one of them at some point or another obeyed God's word even when they did not understand it. Okay. You know the story of Abraham with his son. The one that he had waited for for so many years, Isaac, the one he had waited for for so many years. God told him to take him out there and sacrifice him. He didn't understand it, but he just knew that God was was a faithful God. God was a loving God and that I'm I'm sure he thought to himself, well, God had me wait all these years. He promised me. Now I finally have him. If God wanted me to sacrifice him, there's a reason. There's a reason. And he, he just gave it. He didn't understand the who, what, where, when, or why. He did not have, he didn't ask the Lord a whole lot of questions. He simply was obedient and did what God told him to do. Okay? Okay? And as a result, what happened? There was a ram in the bush. God provided. That's where we have the expression, the, uh, the, uh, the saying, uh, Jehovah Jireh. Okay? God will God my provider. God provided for his sacrifice, a ram in the bush. He did not have to sacrifice his son, but he struck out in obedience to do exactly what God told him to do. So that was living by faith. And because of that, he was pleasing God. We have to make sure we're doing that too. That kind of faith faith, faith is, 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 is what is called walking by faith. That kind of walking by faith, accepting as truth the things that we cannot yet touch, feel, or see, and then acting on them in obedience is the prescription for living a life that pleases God, okay? Don't have a whole lot of questions. God tell you to do something. God tells you to do something. Don't say, oh, okay, Lord, well, if I do that, what about this? Or if I take this action, what about this, okay? No, 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 no. If God is telling you to do something, God, and God has told us so many things through all of his promises there, that we have to act in faith, knowing that his promises and that his word is indeed real. And if he said he's going to act in your life, then you have to believe that he's going to act in your life, and then you need to act accordingly. You need to act accordingly. We may not see ourselves right now as God does. We do not see ourselves as God sees us, holy and made righteous by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We forget about that and we don't see ourselves that way. But when we accept the evidence in God's word and reach out in response to experience fellowship with him, then we begin to live by faith. And that pleases God. That pleases God. Okay. When we start living by faith and acting out in faith, regardless of what circumstances around us tell us, then that's, that, that's living by faith. That's acting by faith. And that indeed pleases God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise. I hope this message was a blessing to you. You know, Think about it. Pray about what the, these words were saying to you. Think about it and pray about what the words written in the word, uh, the word of God is saying to you. And let Holy Spirit guide your actions. And let us all develop nothing but supernatural faith to, to, just, to, to just trust in God. Because when we trust him, blindly just trusting in him, knowing, I won't say blindly because we, we trust in him because we know that God is who he says he is and that he's very capable. Okay, this is surrounding ourselves so that we're living in an atmosphere of faith. Then we can be pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Again, I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, uh, give the, uh, the link to where we can be found. It's www.genesis1, one word, www.genesis1.sermon.net. And look at the top of the page. You'll see a subscribe button there. Click on the subscribe button and you'll be notified uh, automatically whenever these sermons are out. 
Uh, we're also on YouTube, on Genesis One Christian Ministries. And, uh, of course, we have our apps for Android and Apple devices going to be found at their respective um, Play stores and uh, app stores and uh, everything on the website through the apps can be downloaded. You know, the video portion or the audio only portion uh, can be downloaded uh, for your keeping and to play back whenever you so desire. Amen. And we're doing this. Everything is free of charge. We're doing it so that the word of God can be spread around around this planet and around the world as he so wishes it to be. Amen. Amen. So praise God. I, um, I pray you were blessed by this message again. Pass it on to the Holy Spirit. So guides, and let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead, that we shall remember these words that we've heard here today, O oh Lord God. Let us act that our lives, act out our lives so that we are living in an atmosphere of faith that we can trust you and, and, and look to you for all things in our lives, O oh Lord God. That we have faith in your word, O oh Lord God, because we know that this pleases you. And Heavenly Father God, we do so much wish to please you. We are your children, O oh Lord God. We look to you for all things. We look to you for guidance. We look to you for help in our lives, O oh Lord God. And we do trust you. We do trust you and have faith in you in your word, O oh Lord. We only wish to be guided by Holy Spirit and not by the world, O oh Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and we praise you. We give it all to you. We glorify thy most wondrous name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So go forth and be blessed. Okay. And remember that the only way to please God is by acting in faith. Okay. And without faith, you simply cannot please him. So have faith in the Lord. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And remember that Jesus is indeed Lord.